Good morning, everyone. What a glorious day. We're here to be with the Lord. And this song reminds us we're here for this. Let's just praise the Lord. Stand with me and let's sing it. Do that. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands to heaven and praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hearts to heaven. Good morning, Brinesburg. 
It is good to see you on this Sunday morning. I hope you've had a good first week of 2023, and we're excited about what the Lord has in store for us as we go forward. Uh, for those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. If you're there on Facebook Live in the comment section, if you would, uh, put your name and any prayer requests that you might have, and we're so glad that you're with us. And if this is your first opportunity to be with us here in the Worship Center, uh, we want to welcome you as well. And you'll notice there's a a card there in the pew in front of you. Take that out and fill it out and place it in the offering plate there on the middle table in the foyer. As you're leaving this morning, we appreciate that and so glad to have you with us. Uh, we're excited about coming together for one purpose today, and that is to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, he has blessed us richly with the opportunity to do just that. Uh, in your bulletins, I hope that you have read everything that pertains to you and to your family. And uh, praise the Lord, I don't know if you've looked and seen, uh, but we have well exceeded our Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal for international missions, amen? And uh, our, our goal uh, was $12,000, I believe, wasn't it? 12000 And you gave $16,768.40, amen? Praise the Lord. We got to up that goal. Yeah, all right. That, that's awesome, and uh, so proud of you as a church family. Um, ne never ceases to amaze me, your, your uh, willingness to give sacrificially so that those uh, right here in our own community, throughout our state, our nation, and the world can know that Jesus loves them too and wants a relationship with them. And so thank you so much for your giving again this year. Uh, I want to point out a few things that are starting back this week. Uh, tomorrow morning at 6.30, we'll be starting back with our prayer gatherings. Uh, that, that'll be from 6.30 to 6.50, and so uh, we've been having some good numbers, uh, ladies as well as men, and uh, we, uh, ladies usually meet in the back, and men will meet up in the front, and just a great, great way to start out your, your week is to be able to come together and to pray, and so uh, I want to remind you that'll be starting back here for 2023 tomorrow morning at 6.30. Also want to remind you that worship choir will be starting back this afternoon at 4.30. And there is a, a lot to do because uh, our Resurrection Sunday will be here before you know it. And we want to be ready for that cantata. And so uh, you'll want to be here tonight as we get started uh, on that. Also, as I've been telling you, if you haven't yet gotten all those items for 2023, like your uh, offering envelopes and your calendar, all those things are uh, still out in the foyer. Make sure you grab those and on the um, offering envelopes again make sure you're using this year's if you haven't gotten a new box you need to get a new box and at least the first time you give make sure that you, we get that number so that we can record that throughout the year so uh, you see all those items that pertain to you and make sure that you uh, are reading your bulletin again we do have many on our prayer list and I know that we've added many um, here this morning during our Sunday school hour and certainly want to pray for our school system uh, as once again we've got something crazy going on this year with all the buildings that were uh, damaged through the uh, code snap that, that busted a lot of the water lines. And so uh, I know that I've got one at Central that's been affected. I know many of you have kids that have been affected at, at the schools. And so let's pray. Uh, it's a stressful time for our staff and teachers and administration to try to get all that done. And uh, so let's just pray and give them some grace uh, during this time as they're trying to figure out something uh, kind of unusual and in, uh, in trying to navigate that. So pray for them. But most importantly, we want to pray for the lost. We don't pray for the one the Lord has laid on our heart that we can invite to, to be a part of, of worship services, that we can share the gospel with. And I know that as we do that, we're going to see a great harvest here in 2023. And uh, as you see your one come to know Christ, what do we do? We go begin to try to reach another one. And that's how this works. And we, uh, that's how we're going to reach this community. That's how we're going to reach our state, our nation, and the world is continuing to reach one at a time. And watch how God uses that. And so with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for the opportunity to worship, to lift up our hearts and our voices in praise, to, Lord, to come and to have the opportunity to study your word. Lord, what a privilege that is. Lord, a privilege that so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, couldn't imagine the freedom to do what we're doing today. And Lord, we want to lift up those within our church family that are hurting this morning physically. Uh, Lord, even today, those that have, even just this morning, uh, had to go to the hospital and couldn't be with us, and we pray for them, and we pray for your healing hand to be placed upon them. Uh, for those that are still dealing with long-term illnesses, uh, Lord, I just pray that you continue to give them strength and healing, and Lord, also just the, 
the grace and encouragement that they need each and every day to know that you're right there with them. That, Lord, you're walking every step of the way. And, Lord, that you're never going to leave them. Uh, Lord, we most importantly want to pray for the lost, though. We want to pray for those that don't yet have a relationship with you. Lord, for those that this morning, if they were to be honest with themselves, they know that they have never really repented of sin and turned their life over to you. And today I pray that as we study together, as we open up your word, uh, Lord, that your word would convict hearts. And Lord, that uh, we might see people move from spiritual death to spiritual life even today. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning as we come to our opening time of prayer, I know that many of us have brought a lot of different issues, uh, struggles into this place this morning. Uh, maybe our heart is just, it's not quite where it needs to be this morning. And that's why as we begin our service, not just waiting to the end, but here at the very start, we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to come before the Lord and ask Him to do the work on our hearts that only He can do. Maybe you need to lift up a loved one who's, who's hurting. Physically, maybe you need to lift up a loved one that's lost, and you need to pray for them. Maybe there's another need, but we want you to know this altar is open. And maybe you want to bring a family member or a friend uh, and have them pray with you, or just you and the Lord. That's fine as well, but uh, we want to give you the opportunity to spend some time in prayer together. And so with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to know the altar is open at this time. come before you this morning we thank you that our Savior our Lord knows every struggle that we experience you know the hardships of this life that we walk through better than even us and so Lord as we come before you we know that we come before a, a God who is sympathetic to us and Lord we thank you that when we struggle we have a God who not only knows our pain and our struggle and not only sees it um, but can do something about it. Lord, you can change the situations. You can change the circumstances. Because, Lord, we know that you are the answer. Ultimately, whatever we're facing, you're the answer. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, to the one that's struggling health-wise, I pray that you would bring strength for the relationship that has been strained or maybe even broken. Lord, I pray that as the God of reconciliation, you might put it back together again. Lord, for the one who is struggling financially and not knowing how they're going to meet this month's bills, Lord, we thank you. You're the great provider. But most importantly, we're thankful 
that you are still and always will be the God who saves. And so, Lord, as we lift up our loved ones who are lost and need you, but we know that you hear those prayers and that you are currently working on their hearts. You're convicting them of sin. You're doing the work that only you can do. And even this morning, I pray that we might see individuals who have moved from spiritual death to spiritual life to your honor and glory. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With me as we sing, all oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. It was the third day since he died And it was said he would arise Then from the grave this lamb came forth Oh, I have reason to He chose the place, he chose the hour that he would rise by his own power, a sacrifice three days ago. And now praise God. 
the lamb arose. There rose a lamb in Jerusalem. He was the son of the great I am. He proved to me my victory. There rose a lamb in Jerusalem. wasn't there when Jesus died. I wasn't there to see him rise, but I was there when he saved my soul. For within my heart this lamb arose rose a lamb in Jerusalem. He was the son of the great I am. He proved to be my victory. There rose a lamb in Jerusalem. taking up residency within your heart. The Lord Jesus Christ sits on that throne and uh, that you have that personal relationship with him. Thank you, Brother Rockney. What a wonderful message through song this morning. If you will, turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 8. Again, what a joy it is to, to see that we have very much met and exceeded that uh, goal for our international missions offering. Uh, again, what a joy it is to pastor a church that has a heart for the nations, a heart for missions. Uh, this morning, I, well, not just this morning, but this past week and this morning, uh, I got uh, news of uh, dates for our, our uh, two big mission trips this summer. And so uh, there's just a lot of exciting things happening here as we've turned the calendar and beginning to think about what God has in store for us. And so I'm, I'm excited this morning. I hope that you are as well uh, for the way that the Lord's going to use Brinesburg Baptist Church here in 2023. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at the mountain of rest. So we've looked at the flood. We've looked at all that has taken place. And what I love about what we're going to see this morning is that uh, we see here that God has never forgotten about his people. Regardless of, of what we may be going through, regardless of, of how difficult the season of life may be, our God has never, ever forgotten about us. He has been with us all along. And so as you turn there to Genesis chapter 8, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for a wonderful time of, of worship through song already. Lord, our hearts have been stirred. It's been good just to spend this time with you and to be able to um, worship you in this way. And Lord, I'm excited about how you're going to speak to our hearts through your word this morning. And again, I've got my friends here today that don't yet know you as Savior and Lord. I've got several of them here again today. And Lord, you know who they are a lot better than I do. And uh, Lord, I pray even right now, you're speaking to their hearts, letting them know how much you love them, and Lord, how much you want them to come to know you as their personal Savior and Lord. 
And so, Lord, I, I pray that uh, even today that you would remind us of the fact that you are with us, that, Lord, you have not forgotten about us, regardless of what we're going through right now in this season of life, that you have not forgotten about us, and that ultimately you are bringing us to that mountain of rest. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We certainly are living currently in a wicked generation. We're li living in a wicked day um, that reminds us much of the days prior to the flood during Noah's generation. In fact, we look around us and we see that anything and everything are worshipped other than God, it seems, in this culture. Certainly there is reverence for technology and social media, and we know that because each morning our first thought too often is to grab that phone or to go over and, and open up that computer so that we can begin the deep dive of that day into technology and into social media and all of that means. People know each other much better, it seems today, online than they do face-to-face. -face. There's certainly a reverence for our pastimes. Uh, all kinds of sacrifices are made uh, to have the time and everything that we need for our hunting and our fishing. Uh, we know that there is a willingness to drop everything, at, at even the last minute in life, in order to follow our sports. And if folks go to the lake, which is 15 miles away, too often uh, it's used as an excuse not to attend worship that week. There's a reverence for our choices as well. In fact, right now in our nation, it, even just in this last year, we've seen laws being fought for and passed in many states to end life of unborn children if they're not planned for at that particular point in a person's life. Nations are willing to destroy countless innocent lives to forcefully take other nations' land and resources, and they see that as their choice. Violent crime is on the rise in urban communities as well as in rural communities. People have lost respect for the sanctity of life and desire their own way, and they see that as their choice. And so as we think about all that is going on in our world today, we recognize that God has every right to pour out his wrath upon us, and yet we see God's long-suffering patience and we see his mercy being extended towards us. Rather than judgment, God has blessed us, and he's blessed us with rest, and he's blessed us with a rest that's found in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, as we were looking at chapter 7, we focused on God's judgment of sin in the world of his day. God's holiness demanded that sin be judged, and it be judged uh, in, in righteousness. And, and chapter 7 pictures the whole world in judgment as the flood waters destroy all life on dry ground. And we also saw the promise of God's mercy through the ark. And last week we, we looked at some length about how the ark represents Christ and he's the only way of salvation from the judgment which is to come. And God's merciful nature continues to be seen as we turn here to chapter 8. And we see that God remembers Noah. He remembers Noah's family. He remembers all those animals that are on board that ark and he grants them a rest and since his wrath towards the sinful world had been abated God now turns his attention towards taking care of Noah and his family amid the chaos of the judgment and the flood God never forgot the faithful few and he now makes his mercy known granting them the rest and establishing them in this post-flood world that Noah finds himself in and with that in mind, let's, let's turn ourselves to Genesis chapter 8, beginning there in verse 1. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. And the fountain also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters turned from off the earth continually and after the end of the 150 days the waters were abated and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mount Ararat, and the waters decreased continually until the 10th month and the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen and it came to pass at the end of the 40 40 of uh, 40 days that noah opened the window of the ark which he had made and he sent forth a raven 
which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off of the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. And she returned unto him in the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand, and he took her, and he pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth, and he stayed yet another seven days. And he sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundred and first year, in the first month of the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and he looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh on the seven and twentieth day of the month was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and their sons' wives with thee, and bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and every whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kind, went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smile any more everything living, on, living as I have done. And while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. You may be seated. The first thing, again, that jumps out at us as we look here at verse 1 is the fact that God remembered his people. After all that had taken place, God had not forgotten about that boat in the midst of the waters that was carrying his faithful few. It's good to know that when you enter into the body of Christ, that you will never be forgotten. On this earth, those that are closest to us may forget about you. In fact, you know, for those of us who have been out of high school for a while, you know, you think you have those friends in high school and you're never going to, you're never going to. Uh, have any distance. There's always just going to be this connection. And yet as time goes by, um, a lot of those relationships fade with time. And, and sometimes we're forgotten about by those that we thought we were so close to. Families that were once very close begin to move further and further away from one another. And in time, we have those family reunions where, you know, you get together with your, you know, your little family in the corner. And you're asking, you know, whoever the oldest person in your family is. Do we remember who they are? Who is that? How are they related to us? Because we forget those things. At times, busy parents can even forget their own children. None of you have ever done that, have you? I remember when I was a kid, my sister took piano lessons, uh, and the lady that gave her piano lessons lived right next door to my mom's best friend. Well, um, my mom's best friend had two boys that were close to my age, and they had the world's best treehouse. And so every time my sister would go to her piano lessons, I would want to go over and I'd want to play in that treehouse. Well, on this particular day, it had been a busy day, and my mom was a teacher. How many teachers in here know what it is to have a busy day at school? Uh, she, none of you. Okay, that's fine. Um, Participation is encouraged, okay? Uh, but the, she, as a teacher, had had a busy day. Some of you may not have known that, but uh, she was stressed. And she forgot she had a second child, okay? And so I was in that treehouse. My sister gets done with piano lessons. She loads my sister up in the car. They go home, 
And after some period of time, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was dinner time and she was wondering where her son was or what. But I was missed finally. And I'm glad to tell you, they did come to retrieve me, okay? Um, But you know what? No matter how much we want to think it wouldn't happen, sometimes even the people closest to us can forget about us. But God never forgets about his people. You will never be forgotten. Your relationship with Christ is so firm that you will never be forgotten by him. Though the entire world around you might have fallen apart, you are remembered by your heavenly Father. But secondly, I want you to see, in verses 1 through 3, we are told that God receded the waters. The waters didn't recede on their own. God receded the waters. And just as Jesus would calm the storm on the sea, here we see that the Lord is the one that is merciful in calming the storm of all storms after the flood. We're told that God opened all of creation and judgment of the earth during that flood. Literally everything, the deep subterranean reservoirs, the, the vapor canopy that had crashed down, even the catastrophic storm clouds have now, by the Lord himself, suddenly been restrained. All that had broken forth has now been brought under control. During creation, we're told the Holy Spirit hovered over the water. And now there is a wind, which is the same Hebrew word as spirit, that is now sent to pass over the waters once again. And thirdly, I want you to see in verse 4 that God rested the ark. God rested the ark. This ark that had been tossed on the waters is now placed by God on Mount Ararat. And it's placed there for the purpose of rest. And what a relief it must have been for Noah and for his family to no longer be on the open seas. I mean, think about this. Um, For those of us who have have been to Brazil, and some of you may not have been to Brazil, but maybe you've been on a mission trip on a boat or maybe on a cruise and it was rough waters. But I know that when we go to Brazil we live our lives on that boat. Um, As we're going down the Amazon, we eat on that boat. We sleep or try to sleep um, on that boat. You prepare each night for the upcoming day's ministry on that boat. You even bathe as best you can on that boat. And so during the day, there is really just a sense of relief. There's a sense of rest just standing on solid ground while you're working in the village. There's just something restful about not being on the water. Now consider having spent a year, over a year, on this ark with no days off in a village, but just constant turmoil. You would be ready for a rest. God allowed his people to find that rest while the waters were subsiding there on that mountain. A mountain of rest. God is demonstrating time and time again that he remembers and that he loves those who are faithful to him. But fourthly, I want you to look at verses 5 through 14 and we see that Noah remains faithful. Notice that before the flood, we never hear of Noah questioning God, even after all that is told to him. Noah believed God when he said he was going to destroy the earth by flooding it with rains. And Noah had actually seen just as many flash floods as the rest of the world at that time. You know how many it was? It's a pretty easy number to remember. It's the number none. Zero. No one had ever seen a flash flood. No one had ever seen a flood at all. It just didn't happen. And yet, Noah believed God. And he spent the next 120 years building an ark and preaching to the people that didn't want to hear it, that a storm was coming. Here, Noah spent 378 days on the ark, but we never hear of him questioning God on if he can leave. Noah trusted in God to the point of believing that God always had him in the very best place, even if that was in a boat in the middle of a flooded earth. If God had not told him to leave the ark, then he was going to stay put. And so we see here a couple things happen. Noah uses a raven, and Noah uses a dove. During this time on the ark, Noah sends out a raven first to test to see what the earth is like and if there is any dry ground um, to live upon at that point. 
And then he sends a dove, knowing that a dove can only survive if there is vegetation growing again. And we're told very clearly that this dove comes back with an olive leaf in its beak. And so at that moment, Noah had a decision to make. Would he trust God? And would he stay in the ark until God told him to leave? Or would he take matters into his own hands after a year of cramped conditions? And would he say, you know what, I've had enough of this. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to go stretch my legs. Now, if it had been us, we might have lost patience. We might have tried to go it alone. But not Noah. 121 years of trusting God, even when the world scoffed and Noah once again trusts God. And he stays in the ark another week. Notice what verse 11 says. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. In verse 12, we see that he stayed yet another seven days. He knew there was dry ground. He knew that you could get out if you wanted to. But yet he waited on God and he stayed another whole week, another seven days. Praise the Lord. We learn a great deal about faithfulness from Noah. But then fifthly, look at verses 15 through 19. We see that God responds to Noah. After 378 days in the ark, God speaks and he tells Noah and his family to go forth into the earth. The earth has just experienced the wrath of God. Through this flooding judgment that has upended creation, the waters crashed down from the sky, they rushed in from the sea, and they exploded literally out of dry ground. Creation itself explodes. And so now the wind blew and the hurricane forces of all the, the dry ground was completely destroyed, and yet one person on the ark, not one of them, was lost. Not one animal, not one single animal on that ark was lost to the storm. And now, once again, as God has done during the creation week, God commands the animals to multiply on the earth abundantly. God, in his mercy, he remembered that Noah and his family would, would need those animals in order to be able to survive in this post-flood world. And so he rescued them from the flood, and he made a way for them to be able to multiply and to do that quickly. We're told that every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl of the air, every, whatsoever creepeth on the earth, went into the ark, and now they are told to go forth out of the ark. God had mercy on every animal in that ark. And why? For Noah's sake. But then sixth, I want you to look at verses 20 through 22. And we see something amazing. God, we see that Noah resumes his worship. Noah resumes his worship. Noah built an ark and he worshipped. And this is one of the things that separates Noah from the, the wicked generation that surrounded him at that time. What would you do after a year in an ark? After a year of not being able to do anything but just sit on that boat and you're taking care of the animals, but, but you, you, you finally have the opportunity to get off, to be on dry ground. What would you do? Would you jump off the ark and start trying to set up camp and try to, oh, how are we going to survive now? I mean, everything's been destroyed. What are we going to do now? Would you be thinking about, okay, we got to set up camp? Would you lay out in the sunshine? Would you just kind of lay there for a minute and enjoy the dry ground and the, the sunshine and soak it all in? Maybe you'd plan a party for just you and your family and, and want to celebrate surviving this great global flood that your family is still there and they're still with you and just just celebrate for a time or would you build an altar and take one of every clean beast and one of every clean bird and offer them as a burnt offering to the lord would you worship noah did the latter and he did that because worship was the characteristic of noah's life it wasn't something new to him it wasn't something different for him it's what he did Noah was not casual about his worship. He wasn't fickle about his worship. Noah did not simply worship when it was convenient for him or when he felt like it. Noah's first thought in all situations was to glorify his God and to worship the one that had saved him. And notice that God smells this sweet aroma 
of the sacrifices that are being offered up. Many of us as men, we have that one special dish that our, our wife can make that we just know it's for us. And maybe it's really difficult to make. Maybe it's time consuming. It's maybe kind of difficult to get all the ingredients together. It takes some time to go and shopping and, and, and gathering everything together. It takes time to cook it. It takes know-how to, to put it all together. But she makes it because she knows that you love it. And it's her way of saying, I love you. It's a gift of love. Or maybe, ladies, maybe it's a special flower or a gift that your husband knows. And, and, and he knows that by going and, and you, when, he, when he gets that gift that you're going to know that it's, it's for you. It's specifically for you. It may be hard to find. It may be something that he has to save up for quite some time in order to be able to afford. But he does it with joy in his heart, knowing that it's going to allow you to know how much he loves you. It's just an outward expression of your love. It's a gift of love. Well, our worship is that special gift to the Lord that shows our love. It should be our very best, and it should cost us something. We should give something up when we worship. Worship is not about our favorite music. It's not about your favorite preacher. Worship is about presenting a sweet aroma of sacrifice to our God. What we give in worship is a gift of love. So notice what the Lord says in his heart after the sacrifice of worship. Look there at verse 21, the third part of that verse. I will not again curse the ground for man's sake. There's a promise that is made there. I will not again curse the ground for man's sake. You see, God understands that we're not perfect people. He understands that we're very flawed people. We're sinful people. He gets it. But God still, because of who he is, not because of, of who we are, not because there's something wonderful and great within us, but because of who he is and the righteousness that, that dwells within him. God makes a promise that until the end of time, seasons and months and weeks and days and night, will continue again, not because we are good, but because of his mercy. And so this morning, I want to make it very clear to you that just as there was in Noah's day, that we have been promised as well that there is a different kind of judgment coming, and it's coming for this earth, and it's coming quickly. You may not like to hear about it you you may be like those of Noah's day and you may scoff at the idea that God is going to judge the earth well there goes another Baptist preacher talking about judgment rolling your eyes and thinking all oh, that how out of date that is well your skepticism doesn't change the fact that God is going to judge this world it's a it's a fact it's it's already been decided it's coming and there's only going to be one place of rest. There's only going to be one place of safety. In all of the universe, there's only one place that you can come, that you can be saved from the wrath to come. And it's a place of rest. And it is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And outside of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved by coming to church and sitting in a pew and being from a good family. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. Mama and daddy's faithfulness does not save you. Your spouse's faithfulness does not save you. Your church attendance doesn't save you. Your church membership doesn't save you. The only place of rest is in a personal love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The only place of rest. Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago because he remembered you. He remembered me. He remembered all who are willing to turn away from their sin and, and place their faith in his finished work upon the cross of Calvary. 
whosoever will. It means that you can come to him today. And it means that you can find that place of rest today. This morning, I wonder, you have another opportunity. Today, will today be the day that you finally stop putting it off, that you finally stop playing games, and you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your only hope. Your only hope of finding rest. Come and rest in him today. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your great love for us. We do not deserve it. We do not deserve your mercy. We do not deserve your grace. But Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you that you have provided a place of rest. Lord, we thank you that you have allowed us through your special revelation of your word, of this love letter that you have written to us in scripture. You have let us know where we can find rest. And that it is a very narrow way. That it is Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I've got some friends that are older, and they've been good people in the eyes of the world, but they are lost. They do not have a relationship with you. I've got some young people who I'm close to, and, Lord, I know that they, they know who you are, and, Lord, they're, they're good kids, but, Lord, they're lost. And if something were to happen right now, they would spend an eternity separated from you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would work on hearts. And Lord, regardless of who we are, Lord, if we're outside of a relationship with you, I pray that you would speak and that you would speak clearly to hearts and help them to recognize that they need you. They don't need facts about you in their head, but they need a relationship with you in their heart. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would do the work that only you can do within them. Some of us need to come to this altar. Some of us need to be praying for folks that we love, that they would find rest in you. Lord, some of us may need to Join this church family and make this our church home. Whatever obedience looks like today, Lord, I pray that we would do it to your honor and glory. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.